Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast is back on the air with crystal clear audio. My name is Max Bretos. There's Vince LaRosa. I, uh, I issued a, an invitation. Maybe st- that's not strong enough a word. A bit of a challenge for all the LAFC supporters and family to come towards this massive week with the All-Star Game and the big Clásico Angelino slash <laughs> the LA Derby slash El Tráfico. Slash the guitar player. Slash guitar player was at Bank of California Stadium uh, last Thursday. That you that you uh, air guitar dueled. Yes, I wanted to air guitar on stage, but they said no. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. I said I don't have to plug in the guitar. I'm not going to plug it. I'm just going to pretend it's pure air guitar. So Sid Vicious. <laughs> anything to get on stage, pal. Yeah. To continue this new pursuit of being a rock star. But I issued that challenge, and you guys were incredible. Two wonderful, magical nights at Bank of California Stadium. And after the Galaxy game, we were all disappointed by seeing a couple points get away late. Another late issue, which we will talk about here. We've seen progress with the team. They could have checked out, but they've kind of gone here, and they've gone a little bit up. They scored goals. That's something in there. So I want to say how much I appreciate you. We all got to spend some time with the supporters, certainly on Sunday. Very positive feedback. Folks are having a good time, certainly being part of the game day experience. But uh, you never know because it's been, a, it's been a tough few weeks. But when we were out there, it's like, all right. It was, it was generally very positive. So well done. Let's keep it going. A couple more home games coming up here. So I feel good right now as a general comment for the pod about where we're headed. I agree. I mean, that was a. It, they showed up in, in a performance. We'll talk about some of the bad things, but there were still a lot of good things there. Uh, to your point about the supporters, it was cool to walk around the the tailgate and have people come up to me and they they really want to talk football, which is fun. Like, and and not just like the the usual Twitter stuff. Uh, they want to they they want to know more. They want to understand why is this happening? What if they tried this? What if we did this a little bit differently? And it's 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 kind of nice. I enjoyed those conversations a lot. Could really you extrapolate did. on that Twitter stuff? Was- on the Twitter stuff, yeah. on, on on the bad stuff or the good yeah, stuff? Yeah, bad. I, you know, a lot of people get at me on Twitter, which I have to give a shout out actually, because one of the cool things that I got to do this week was I got to go to Foo Fighters, and good our buddy you. Alistair. Did you get on stage? No, I didn't. No, because I'm not dumb like you. No. How dare you? <laughs> I wouldn't be dumb if I got on there. Well, well, there was somebody on stage that was beside. I mean, the Foo Fighters still really bring it, and I have to say thank you to Alistair who who played against us in that Iron Maiden game. Uh, he had been doing some stuff with, with Iron Maiden. He's a, he used to be Dave's guitar tech. Now kind of runs Sound City, which Sound City, if you have not Sibilance, seen, Sibilance. if you have check, not seen the one, Sound two. City documentary about those studios, you need to see it. It's amazing. Where is that check on? That I think it's on Amazon. You can still All watch right, it. Good. Sound City's up there in like Northridge. Uh, but he uh, he reached out to me and said, you know, Twitter's rough. You want to come? See, you want to come see the Foo Fighters? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And uh, incredible show. It was a show that they had to postpone because of COVID. Uh, and they, they put on a great show, Dave and the boys. I mean, Dave Grohl is one of our last great rock stars that really still brings No one it. plays guitars anymore. Yeah, but they do. And they I play know. big, loud drums. Hopefully that comes back. And they brought that, that incredible uh, young woman, Nandy, on, on the— Nandy, Nandy Michelle. They brought her on to do—I uh, told you this. I was like, I love the Foo Fighters. And I, I love their catalog. I celebrate it all. Um, and I love the Rolling Stones. But sometimes when I go to these shows, I'm like— do I need to hear satisfaction? Well, and in my head, I was like, the, the, no one wants to, to play it less than the band. Fair right, right, to say. Right. And I'm like, but I'm they thinking, know they have to. I'm thinking the band doesn't want to play it, but like, do I have to hear Everlong? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, as it's winding down, I'm like, we're gonna have to hear Everlong. And then they bring out this girl, and she's amazing, and she's loving every minute. Now, just seeing the joy, the pure joy on her face, no fear of a full crowd in that forum, 
Pure Joy, by the way, Everlong, not an easy song to play. A lot of technical yeah. keeping time on the cymbals. Uh, teared up. Full tears. Just You crying. did. Yeah, I was bawling. I was bawling. Like I've never baby. seen you cry. It's incredible. You see me cry all the time. I do. So. I, I hold it in. But just to the point, the, the late, great David Bowie, I saw him in concert once. Lucky. And he was, had a new album. And everyone's like, it's like four songs in. I'm like, what's going on here? Uh, I've heard of these star? songs. And then there's like some people whistling. And he goes, hey, if you think you came in here to hear my songs from the 70s and 80s, you're sadly mistaken. This is all new material. And I'm like, should we go? I don't want to. Max, I feel terrible because David Bowie's the greatest musician ever. I've heard you do a better Bowie than that. What happened to your Bowie? Hey, well, he's not going to talk like 70s and 80s. If that's you think like you're going to play Jane Jane, you're sadly mistaken. That's like a mix between like Jagger, Bowie, no, and like David Bowie. Rip Torn. It's David Bowie from Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, it is. If you'd like, did I could give you my wait, NFL everyone... fantasy football. Did everyone leave or did they give him their, his full A lot of people left. Attention? I didn't uh, leave because I felt bad, but. Oh, I well, felt bad. I'm sure I David even... Bowie appreciates that you gave him a little sympathy. Watch. People left. People yeah. left. So uh, I'm glad you're ex- able to experience that. Foo Fighters is incredible. And I-, I talked to, just sent a thank you to Alistair after. And he was like, you look, moments like that are just like being at the bank where we have shared experiences. Like in the last 18 months sucked. So I'm glad we got to experience that. Yeah. And he-, he said, I hope that the Galaxy match this weekend will be the same. And I think, I think in a lot of ways it was. Even though it was, you know, at the end of the day, you wanted three points. Sure. And I know we did the, the postgame show. I was vividly, visibly disappointed. Thank God we had the defenders of the bank, uh, Philly, trying to pick up the spirits, which I heard his words as I went home and I felt better. Before we get into that, as fans of Major League Soccer, everyone's got to be really thrilled about the trajectory of the league because there was four big rival five big rivalry games this mm-hmm. weekend that all resonated obviously ours here in los angeles hell is real in ohio columbus and cincinnati you felt these passions that you haven't felt before portland seattle big win for portland and then texas the new between texas austin, austin and dallas, dallas. And which one am I missing? Oh, Orlando and Miami. Yeah. So a lot of these were force-fed on us, and we're like, okay, it didn't feel organic or natural, but it does now. Even Nashville, Atlanta has some bite to it. It's good. I mean, I mean Joseph it, Martinez it, ripped his jersey up like he was a WWE superstar. I mean, it meant something to him. I'm telling you, this is uh, this league is heading on numbers-wise. We got an there was a ESPN PR said that the games are up 50 percent from last year, 35 percent from 2019. Mm-hmm. That's a big number. Ratings wise, and then Fox got a big number from almost the, almost a million and a half watching a that million and a half LAC game. This we is, don't hear a million very often. This was always every day we'd look at TV ratings in particular, and TV ratings are uh, minimizing because of all the ways you can watch a game. So you really got to take it with a grain of salt. But you're getting better ratings than before. Uh, that's pretty significant because that was always the issue with the league. People weren't watching on TV. It wasn't a national product. That's changing. And then when you have these games as good as they are, someone who might be tuning in for the first time is like, I might stick around. Yeah. I might watch a second game. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that Galaxy game. It was wild, right? Like, it was uh, all gas, no brakes. Walking in, you felt the intensity. Hats off again to the incredible supporters. The TIFO uh, was incredible. TIFO was perfect. Perfect yeah. TIFO. Uh, in what it meant, in what this club is all about, mm-hmm. this warrior spirit. I think that is uh, something you can really get behind. Yeah, for Julio, for Mauricio, for everyone that 
we've unfortunately lost during this this 18 month period. Beautiful signage for Julio there, who we recently lost. Yeah, there. so it it was heavy, man. It was really heavy, and it, it, there was this like tightness in your chest. I, you know, I, I because I don't write after the matches anymore. I use I always used to get very very nervous before matches a lot of times because I'm like, oh man. I'm going to have to write this up afterwards. Like, oh, this is going to be tough. And I felt like I was a front-facing, one of the, fr- not to toot my own horn, one of the first things people would read after those matches. So I felt like I had to really come correct. Uh, but this was the first game in a while where I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm, ner- I'm really nervous. Like, I'm really nervous how we're going to deal with this. Uh, it didn't start out well. We got, not, well, let's, let's, um, let's preface that by saying Carlos Vela was out. So we had to see this new trio up top, which would, Unfortunately, we have the international break, and we're going to lose four players, mm-hmm. both Ecuadorians, Chiki Sifu, Brian Rodriguez, off his best performance of his LAFC career, and Kim Moon Hwan. Right. Do they have three? I don't think they have three qualifiers in Asia, so I don't know if that— I don't believe so, but it's a long It's a it's long, a long trip, trip. So It is, isn't it? And traveling to the Pacific, a lot more tricky than traveling to South America, uh, just quarantine logistics-wise. Yeah, a lot, go- a lot going on. So even if they don't have three games, it's going to be— it's gonna to be tough for. He's gonna be tight. It's gonna to be tight to get back for. They're gonna. They're all gonna miss SKC. Is what we're saying. Yeah. But we don't Hopefully, know. Hopefully, Real Salt Lake. Some of the guys. Yeah. But that we'll see. Remember last time we had mass South American qualifiers. It didn't go so well. But did not. COVID's much better in on the South American continent than it was four, five, six months ago, even one month ago. So uh, we had that going on. So there was a lot of storylines, and then the yeah, app for for twenty five minutes did not register a shot on goal or a shot. Mm-mm. And it was getting then, very, it was getting very frustrating. And then we finally got the penalty off a of cheeky Palacios cross. Chicho was able to get in there, and we got a penalty shot. A penalty? Penalties in back-to-back it, games. Is it a penalty in the first thirty seconds? I had to say this. I haven't watched that part yet because I got into the stadium a little bit late because okay. I was busy doing some interviews outside. It looked like a stone cold penalty. Like it, it looked like it, it looked exactly like one of those where it was like, you got to call that. I don't care if it's in the first thirty seconds. And I was like, don't worry, Var will clean that up. No. And it's like, you can't, you really can't. And the second one was pretty stone cold too. I mean, Nico mugged him. Yeah. Uh, so he brought him down. It was, it was stone cold, but you're right. We, we weren't registering a shot, but we were, it was kind of two teams really feeling each other out. And then the galaxy just kind of that, that ball that Araujo sent in was like completely covered. We had three guys there to there too. And Jesus Davimrio just uh, continues to find ways to make mistakes that lead directly to goals. Yeah, it's hard. Um, it's which is hard. like, at a certain point, you say, okay, this has to be on you. You have to start thinking a little bit better. Like, in that moment, don't try to do what you're trying to do. You're, you're 15 yards out from goal. Just get a foot to it, boot it out. We can start again. That's a little troubling because he's an experienced player. And, he's- and I, I know what he saw. I, he saw that he had it covered and that the Galaxy had run past. And there was a huge gap. So if he collects that ball, he's going to have the ball at his feet and they're going to be able to go in transition, which I'm sure was... Uh, a point of emphasis from Bob because Galaxy really can you can get at them in transition, uh, but the way the season's going, man, you you've been so unlucky to this point. Don't add to that to that problem, and and uh, that was a bad start. But then we started to build a little bit more, and then we started to get the opportunities, and then you you win the penalty, the one that you rightfully deserved that you should have gotten from the first minute. Uh, I love Chicho going. I, I like. Chicho going to Diego and asking for it and saying, like, hey, can you help me out? I love Diego agreeing to it. Help me out. I need a goal. Yeah, help me out. I need a goal. I need to kickstart my my career here. You you scored the last one, please. I won it. He did win the penalty, too, so fair fair to him. That should be a coach decision, though. I think – well, no, I think Diego's the the taker. 
And if he feels he can imagine hand it that off, didn't go in, it almost didn't. <laughs> I mean, it thinks, but it did. It did. It's one of those. It almost didn't, but it did. And uh, and then you have uh, Mamadou Fall winding up the Galaxy uh, supporters in the away end, which was hilarious. And I love that the I love that the referee goes, "Come over here," and he's like, "No, we're good." He's like, "No, come over here." He's like, "Can't he's like, do that." No, I got it. He finally goes over, and the referee goes, "No more," and he goes, "Yeah, I know." Like like he doesn't know. <laughs> like he, he, we like we like Mamadou. Mamadou's great. He gets he gets. I love a guy that gets really fired up, and he's uh, uh I know there was a player that everyone really really wanted at LAFC, Diego Costa. I wasn't so so big on him, but I've been reading. Uh, Andrew Quirk gave me Diego Costa's book, and I've been reading it. He's a madman, uh, and I actually kind of love it now. So I'm I'm all in on a player that that purposely kind of winds people up within reason. Don't go kicking people, but I, I like I like a little bit of fire that Mamadou's. You want a player like that on your team? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he's one. Look. Everybody needs a guy that is uh, you don't you don't want to play against him, but man, when he's your teammate, you love him, right? You need a couple of those guys on, on the field, and uh, it's not usually a 19-year-old, but hey, Mamadou's a, a, an interesting talent. He's an he's more imposing than he sometimes plays. Like he's he's physical. He can get in there, um, and I just I just like the I like the charisma. I love charisma in a center back, right? Like. I love Eddie Segura because he does his job quietly and without any complaints, but I also love a center back that... He's generally very quiet. They do a job. Yep. So uh, all in all, big picture, the team showing resilience. I just wrote down some notes here. An incredible spirit, overcoming bad luck. The fans are still engaged. They are supporting the team at all costs. And we saw that with the All-Star game, as that developed, we saw it as well here. I want to talk about two major topics Mm -hmm. uh, heading into. How do we... Heading into the Galaxy game, how do they find chemistry without Carlos Vela with that front three? Mm-hmm. How do you prevent uh, giving up goals late? Two big issues. One f- seemingly feels resolved for the part, and then the other one obviously not. So, but it's one less problem. Yes, I think. I think what you saw here with imp- let's talk about Brian. We said on this podcast, and not a lot of people agreed with us that his game against Vancouver was a very good game for Brian. Let's go. St- let's go one game further back. Okay. Atlanta. Okay. Has that, he's engaging defenders. He goes by a defender, picks up a free kick. Yes. That was, that, a, that was a good moment. Led to a goal, well, which I, was disallowed. I literally broke down that Atlanta game on 110 football after the game to show that Brian has, has a ways to go. Uh, he did win that free kick. You're right. But there were some other moments where he was like, I just want to use my traits at what I do well. Atlanta you're talking about. Yeah, Atlanta. I don't want to play quick. I don't want to pass the ball quick. I just always want to dribble, guys. Wasn't always the right decision. Okay. Although late in the game. But it was a good starting point. No, well, I showed. It was like a first step is what my point is. I showed a progression because there was a moment late in the game where Sifu made a seam run and Brian just didn't pass it to him. Tried to take it himself. Loses the ball. Somehow it recycled. Sifu makes the exact same run and this time Brian goes, got got it. I got you. And they, they create a chance out of it. So you saw the mind working. So I was like, look, if he can think quickly like this. He can do more of this, which Bob has been saying from the get-go. He said in the San Jose game, if he can recognize that if he just runs the goal in a moment where it looks like we're going to win the ball, maybe he can score a goal. And so to me, we're going to talk about the he first was goal. Running, he's made defenders look really bad these last two games. The second goal was almost more important for me. For him to be in an area Pursuit, yeah. to clean up that ball, uh, to finish it cleanly. I mean, it was a really tidy finish. There was no doubt about that. Uh, that is Brian thinking. That is him getting ahead of the game, being in the box, being in dangerous areas. However, that first goal is the best uh, LFC goal. I like I've your seen. sentiment, but get the heck out of here, dude. Yeah, it's a, it's the, the first goal. But this is the point I'm making. And I talked to a lot of coaches. And when we see players like Brian Rodriguez, Ezequiel Barco comes to mind. Good game, disappears. 
Good game disappears. Atlanta, good step. Vancouver, more profound step. Mm-hmm. Bang, hits it Unplayable against the against Galaxy. Galaxy. Just so them. when you talk to coaches about this, when they do it in that order, not in reverse, not up and down, not a roller coaster ride, bang, 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 that is a really good sign. Mm-hmm. It means he's figuring out, he's growing in confidence, he's taking on more responsibility, and it's working. So I'm not promising anything, but what we've seen in three weeks tells me Brian Rodriguez, I don't, want to, I don't want to put too much pressure on it, but Brian Rodriguez is arriving. He is arriving. He's he might take a step he's not back. He's to this podcast. I know he's not. Well, he might take a step back here. He had a great, we got to hear from him afterwards because we don't get to hear him about a lot, said all the right things, talked about the coaching and the staff and how important it's been and how he's been able to express these things and what a relief it was to get, the, to get those goals. And we saw it etched on his face. Mm-hmm. But these are steps that you see from so many players that come to MLS of his caliber that they don't always take and they don't always make that hit those marks. I think the best is yet to come. I think we can rely at the very least. We can rely on Brian to come in there and give you a good game. You make a really good point about what he said after the game. I think it's very important because this doesn't get talked about enough. And we kind of brought it up a little bit because we talk, we do get a chance to talk to some players kind of off the record, uh, talk to some people that are around the training ground and we, we would ask them, like, what, you know, what's, what's going on with Brian? Like, we don't know much about Brian. He doesn't talk a lot. We don't get to talk to him a lot. So what's his deal? And every single player said they love the guy. They love him in the locker room. They love him on the you training You see ground. on the reaction of the goals. Yes, and you saw it in the reaction of the goals. The players love this guy. They want him to succeed. And they say he's a good teammate. He's good in the locker room. He's, he's always training hard. Uh, and then he, he, he finally restores that confidence in him and, and shows what he can do. And then after says, you know, my teammates and my coaching staff has always had confidence in me and has continued to try to put me in the places to do well. And this was the fruit of those labors, and, and I'm, I'm so happy. So to your point, he's putting it together. Look, there's a lot of young, talented players in this world. But the difference between a player that is young and talented and one that consistently does it on the biggest stages is what makes you the difference between a good player and a great player. There's a lot of good players that continue to move around team to team, get transfer fees here and there. Um, but the guys that really go for the, that big money and, and really make an impact are the ones that are con- able to consistently. And like you said, it's a, it's a progression. So if Brian can start to put string a couple of those together, it's going to look really good for him. Before, and it's going to be really good for us. Before things kind of got bad with Brian, and he went on loan to Almeria and didn't really play there. And then he kind of fell a little bit out of favor for Uruguay. He was the top prospect from that country, many would say. Mm-hmm. Best of them. Federico Valverde, who plays at Real Madrid, just because the position he plays in particular as an attacking. Hey man, guy. Valverde fell off a little bit. Yeah, they all. Like fall he's off. now rebuilding up his his career with Real Madrid, so it happens. A lot of good young players there, but Brian would say they, they, to see him not to hear, see him respond and push it says a lot about him, and it's just a relief because you see these talents defer, and sometimes it never ever matches up, and now all of a sudden you see a glimmer of what he can do. Yeah. And now he's off to the national team, and I wouldn't get discouraged about that. If he plays, and uh, Oscar Tabares does like him, if he gets back on track with Uruguay, all of a sudden you're dealing with a player that the whole world is noticing, that uh, figured some things out when things got bad for him, and it's clicking. It's still a long ways to go, but man, and I'm not, and I'm not being a prisoner of the moment saying it's one game because I saw it, I saw it develop. We saw it over these three games. Yeah, he was great against Vancouver, <clears throat> and the and the team. Despite dropping points, and we can, we'll we'll kind of end the the all the good talk on this. And we'll talk a little bit about the bad, but the team, 
in, in, in separate, in like three separate moments, raised their game. I think at halftime at 1-1, we saw them come out, and they really put the Galaxy under it. Then Brian scores, raises their game a little bit. Yes, they give a little bit up, but they're able to find that third goal, and they really raise their game. And yes, now we can kind of segue into what everyone keeps saying is about losing the leads. But Wait, me- I saw reactions multiple times when they could have said, season's over, we're done. Yes, here. yes. And they did not. And it could have been because we're, get, we're getting to that point. Bob Bradley mentioned about Sifu that he took another big step to being a, a, a top, top player in this league. He was my breakout player in all of MLS, and I was like, when's he going to do it? Because I yeah. knew he had the talent. That's two. Doing it. These South American guys, they're hitting the spot on. Cheeky was great in the game. Cheeky, defensive. Defensively, had here. a little bit. We always talked about his crossing. It was his cross that set up the Chicho Arango penalty. Mm-hmm. And it was... He was involved in, in, in all those second, runs. In, in the all second those runs half, with those. it was him that gave Brian that space Correct. that started to create because he was a terror down that side. And I think Araujo, when he was doing well, Araujo was not able to come back for it. Now, Araujo did catch him for that second goal, um, and he, he didn't defend quite the way you would have wanted. But when to L- this is the way LFC plays. They, they want to defend with the ball. And when he was able to defend, Araujo was a, a non-existent in that match because Araujo doesn't really want to defend that much. He can. He doesn't love it. So let's look up. Uh, let's take tabs of the South American players. Brian Sifu Chiki ascending. Right. To go with tried and tested Eddie Segura, Diego Rossi, Eduardo Tuesta. Maybe we'll just keep it with those six right now. But yep. good young players that are on the right path. Right. And in a non-pandemic world, yeah, and a year with injuries and a bunch get, of crazy stuff. And it's been tough. It would be a big difference. So let's let's flip our our attention. To so goals, go, we always said if this team's going to make defense mistakes, well, I'm going to say defense mistakes, but have letdowns where they have goals, uh, they got to be able to score goals to protect them, and that's what they did. So that helps. They did now, and then the coaching staff took it upon themselves to try to make changes to protect that lead. Bob Bradley put in Sebastian Ibiaga. They went three in the back. Uh, they they brought in Marco Farfan because Cheeky was looking like he was running out of gas. I mean. Let's be fair. I, I thought Cheeky was going to pro- possibly be done for the year when we watch him come off in that Atlanta game. For him to be back for this game and to, to be as influential and play as hard as he did, I, I'm still kind of in awe of him uh, to, to do that. But they, they tried to make the steps to say we're going to lock up shop, but this team is still consistently having a trouble securing leads. And it's because I watched those two goals that they scored the second and third, and it wasn't the catastrophic mistakes. It was more this kind of passive defending. Um, they can't really, they're not defending their box very well and they, they just still can't defend crosses. I, I don't understand what it is. I can't, I can't put it, uh, uh, maybe it's, I mean, for the third one, your whole back line drops a little too deep. When you see three center backs inside your six yard box, it cutbacks on, it's yeah. always on. And that's, what's going to happen. They, they almost actually get, I think it was a Mamadou that almost actually got his head to it, diving for it. But you, you can't drop that deep. You gotta, you gotta defend actively. Yeah, they, they're deer in the headlights right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, defending. They're just having trouble defending. Marco struggled mightily uh, uh, with uh, with Araujo. Just gave him too much space, and the pass was always going there. You know, Atuesta had uh, Efrain Alvarez. He had him in a, in a in a controlled area. You needed to defend the spot that 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 passing lane was in. Didn't turn his hips quick enough. Didn't get to the ball quick enough. And then, like I said. The whole defense drops too far back, cutbacks on. It seems like something that 
should be fixed. You can't give up goals late in games all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. It's a bad habit. And but you, you miss not... someone like Eddie Segura, who you feel yeah. like he seemed to le- always be in the right place at the right time. He, he would have maybe cut out that cutback, knowing, hey, we can't all drop here. This, is, this ball is going to the, the six because if it goes down, along the goal line, our goalie's there. Trust your, trust your keeper in that moment. You, know, you can't have everyone, everyone dropping back into your own goal. You just can't. 3-3 is the, is the result here. And one more game uh, to wrap up this series. It was uh, certainly intense. To, I, I, when I walked into the stadium the first time, obviously the 3252 is always the first thing you notice. You notice that Galaxy supporters section, a little more expanded than most visiting support for obvious reasons. Uh, that place was truly buzzing. And, and in Portia, lots of police. I, they took up the entire media parking lot. Yeah, they did. I had to find park. a parking spot. I had to park in a different Officers. spot. Officers. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> Did you find another parking spot? No. Did you go to the orange lot? I had to park in the other lot, yeah. Oh, it's a bit of a walk. It's a bit of a walk. That's yeah, not great. Um, don't they know who I am? No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're they right. don't know who I am either. Yeah. So, uh, things to work on. Now you have Friday sporting Kansas City, and then it'll be followed up there by Real Salt Lake at home, and then Austin, I believe. Mm-hmm. In Austin. So you have a, a good group of games here. You're not going to have the international players for four, definitely for sporting, possibly for Real Salt Lake. We'll see. I imagine it'll be a combination of some of them as mm-hmm. as, as we get four. So this is going to be a grind, but I don't think people can put their head down regardless of what happens to sporting because it's going to be a shorthanded yeah, there, team. There's seven points separating fifth and us in 11th. Now we're not, and I also will say that the, we're not going to we're not going to no longer say there's a lot of time because there's not, and we've been clowned for this, but we were right. Halfway through the season, still a lot of time. Now it we feels like we're this. on the clock. We are on the clock. We will say this: you put two wins together, you can easily be back into sixth or Port- fifth. Portland was struggling. They beat Seattle last night. They went from tenth to sixth. So yeah. a similar thing can happen here. And I just want to say this without any other information: transfer window closes. The European transfer window closes here, uh, end of business day on, on Tuesday. On Tuesday. So some rumors, I don't know what that means. There's rumors swirling. There's rumors swirling. You've probably seen it. Yeah, look on Twitter. Online. But you know, LAFC wants to be a selling club, and they'll look to sell some players here. So it could be even. A I don't thinner, think some, I don't think some is happening anymore. It feels like it might be. Yeah. A player. Yeah, it'll be a little more threadbare yes. of a roster, but that's good. But do you feel good? You feel good after that? I do, and I think I mean the only thing that was kind of, I just wish that the group got to stay together. And there was no international window because I really think you can. Yeah, be that is a, that's a bit of a kick. And yeah, you can you can really feed off this, but there's going to be a lot of guys that are still there. The the Atuesta is probably still there. You know, you got um, Chicho still there. So there's guys that should feed off this. Um, sporting will be look. The window hits everybody, so we're not the only ones. We can't complain completely about it. Sporting will be without the potential MVP of the league, Daniel Shallowy, who got a call up to Hungary. So you can feed off this. Interesting game. So we'll leave it there. We have a very special guest joining us, Rodolfo Landeros of Fox Deportes and Fox. He was there for the All-Star game. He was there for uh, the Clásico. So we'll get his, his reaction to what he saw, and we'll talk about the prospects for LAFC. And uh, we'll do this again every week. Make sure you... Subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. Friends love it when you share a podcast. You go, hey, man, you got to check this out. Well, and we're making, we're making some, some moves, some changes here. Podcast might be coming out at a slightly later time in the week because we're trying to get more players on here. Yeah. So stick with us. Yes, share with it's friends. just a scheduling wanna, thing. We'll get if there. you want to hear from the players, it's been tough to hear from them this past 18 months because they've had to be kind of cloistered away because of the pandemic. But we are going to shift our schedules so that we can bring them to you. Cloistered. That's a good word. Used to be a it writer. Is. It is. Special interview here on Inside LFC Max and Vince podcast is next.
And just like that, we're back here on the MVP podcast. Very honored and thrilled to welcome in our good friend, wonderful person, Rodolfo Landeros of Fox and Fox Deportes, bringing you the beautiful game in two languages. And Rodolfo, we wanted you to have to be here because you were at the stadium probably longer than anyone because you're you're on the production team for the All-Star game and the Galaxy LAFC game, which means you're probably there for a long, long days. Yeah, so did, did we're going to get go some home? good insight. Did you go home at all? Did you stay there? I actually have a bed next to Max Bretos' suite right there in the stadium. What an honor to be with you guys. Uh, just a great week of, of, of football action. I, mean, I I think this rivalry between MLS and Liga MX is, is here to stay, and they should stick to this format. They actually are thinking of repeating the same engine that uh, I think drove this huge amount of interest and hype for the upcoming years. And El, el Trafico is El Trafico. That's uh, guaranteed um, fireworks. Yeah, well, I, I, he went right into these questions we were going to ask, but let's 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 elaborate a little bit more on the. Let's start with the All Star Game. Let's mm -hmm. go in chronological order. Bob Bradley afterwards said it was. It felt more intense. It felt like a proper game. We saw the reaction afterwards. I've seen more All Star games than I care to mention, and they never quite have that. And sometimes you catch a yawn. You're like, all right, all the All Star week is great until the game starts. But this one, the game was good. The show was good. The flyover was good. The entertainment. Uh, and I already heard you said that they think they should do it. I, I think they'd be crazy not to go because I think the uh, the Mexican side looked enthused. They said this is they were like, whoa, this isn't this is fun. Why didn't we do this? So how do you think it would work or uh, without maybe getting to too many of those details? How do you see it in if Rodolfo Landeros was in charge to keep that momentum going? And there's a lot at play here. Where do you play it? Do you keep playing at cities like L.A. or do you branch it out to every MLS market? Do you play games in Mexico? Who you should gotta play? You got to do one in Mexico. You got to do one. So if it, you could have your choice, how would you how would you schedule an all-star game in the future? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I think it's the MLS all-star game, not the Liga MX all-star game. So I think Liga MX are the, are the guests. So it had to be, or it has to be in the U.S. I mean, if there's a possibility of holding one of these games uh, and celebrating in the Estadio Azteca, that would be perfect. Or Monterrey, which is close to, to Texas, could be amazing as well. But uh, I would stick to the same format. I think uh, the way or the process that they were... Uh, getting these guys together from, uh, for example, for Liga MX standpoint, the winners from the Ballon de Or, the, 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 the gold ball in, in Mexico that awards the best players in every single category from goalkeeper to striker, and then adding a little bit of the fans to the mix, who's your favorite guys. It's sort of similar to what the MLS has done. And especially if you got both, leagues in action they're not in preseason they they haven't finished their duties so you have them full-fledged what i heard from uh from both camps obviously mls it's not their first rodeo they they want to enjoy the experience they're happy to be there and just make the most out of it but from the liga mx standpoint when we talked to some of the players they were like we're here to win and it yeah. was like serious stuff and First, it was like all fun and games until Juan Reynoso, the manager, is, if we don't win, guys, in Mexico, they're going to give you a bunch of crap. So get your 
on and let's let's <laughs> go into the field and uh, let's do some damage and well at the end uh it was ricardo pepe that sent them home yeah wait i'll just follow up with a quick because i know you're in tune with the mexican media how was it received how was this result received i've never ever uh -oh. seen this much hype for uh mls all-star game nice. i think Everybody was connected. Everybody was following the game. It was impossible not to. It was the first time that they had a Liga MX All-Star team. There was an event in the 70s where it was the best uh, Mexican-born players against the, the best foreign players. Uh, but that was more than 40 years ago, 50 years ago. That's so idea, it, was the, it was the best shot to see probably uh, Funes Mori with Gignac in the same team. We know the rivalry in Monterrey with Tigres and Rayados. Uh, unfortunately, Gignac was uh, uh, was fractured and couldn't couldn't play. But it was amazing to see one of the best teams in, in, in Liga MX. Just all the players just joined to to compete against the All-Star against MLS. I was I think nobody wanted to miss that. Well, of course the players can say it. The coach has to say it. They have to say it for the papers, but you were pitch side. So give us the vibe. How are they balancing the fact that this was a, an exhibition with they were playing hard? I mean, it's difficult to tell from TV because you just see exceptional players and they run at speed and they always look kind of good. But you're right there. What, what was the vibe that you were getting from them? Were they really playing as hard as it seemed? Oh, yeah, they were. It was intensity since the whistle was blown in uh, Bank of California Stadium. And I, I had a chat with some of the players at the uh, at the skills challenge. And and they were like, yeah, but tomorrow is going to be tough, man. I think we ha you see that that fire in, in, in the players eyes and they're like, oh, man, the, the, these guys are serious. It's not, not like the NBA All-Star game where there nobody's playing defense. The, everybody came to hit. And uh, and I think that brings the, the the extra spark, the extra flavor, the saborcito for <laughs> for these kind of this type of match. And I, I loved it. I I felt the intensity, and it didn't stop. And nobody wanted to lose. Everybody wanted to win. And it, it didn't felt it didn't feel like a like a like a friendly match. It had everything but friendly. Well, I mean, speaking of flavor, the the stadium was a little bit different, right? We watch, yeah, we watch American All Star games, and it's like everyone cheers, claps a little bit. We all know it's a very corporate event. It's times when leagues can kind of do make goods for partners and things like that. But from watching from TV, it seemed like that stadium was rocking, and people were were really into it. And there was different sections of Liga MX fans, and then there was all, of course the LAFC fans in the North End. What what was the takeaway of of having an All Star game where it actually felt like a unique, real atmosphere? It was it was fun to see because obviously there's a huge Mexican community in in, in Los Angeles and in California, just 40 million, I guess, <laughs> uh, of Latinos over here. But uh, the thing is, um, when you try to, to 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 chant for a team, there's a lot of fans from Tigres from America that will be supporting their players, but there, there's always the home team. No, the, 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 the home team supporters, there were plenty of the, the 32 52 supporting Murillo when they, when he got the goal that, that eventually tied the game and uh, they were supporting they, they got loud. It wasn't a, a packed stadium, but they got loud. And I think that will, that, that will be uh, eventually something to consider for the upcoming matches. And if you, bring a game like that to Texas, I think it will be the same. And if you throw Columbus in the mix, it'll be obviously more MLS fans, but uh, it's part of the game. You got to have some home field advantage. So I, I think uh, 
the atmosphere was great. The fans, uh, they were great. There was that that homophobic chat that it's it's so unfortunate that people continue to go through that. But other than that, I think everybody enjoyed it. The players did as well, and they hope to do it again. There, there there's that. Speaking of flavor, that's that revenge flavor uh, kicking in in the Liga MX team. I've never been a huge fan of like just stopping the game for the chant, but it really worked at the All Star game. They stopped, <laughs> and it was over. Message received. So. Uh, it it certainly moved on. It didn't become the story. We talk about these players coming into this. They're in the middle of their season, and for these League MX players back to business, many of them are going from all-star league game to national team, as many others do. It's a very congested state. But did it seem like they were having fun? I, I, we saw you in the skills competition. When Me- the League MX team won, they, were, they, were, they looked like kids. They looked like kids having fun. And I, I wonder if the whole week made it feel good and the just the color of the stadium as well, because you'd see Chivas jersey, Tigres jersey. Uh, we've never seen that. And on the streets next to the stadium, you'd see that too. It was a cool phenomenon. It, it was fun for the players because, uh, you know, you get a chance to face some of these guys in Liga MX, but not to actually play with them. And then you're playing with the most talented group of players in the same team and everybody will get the shot so uh they enjoyed that uh that that time together that togetherness in the skills challenge they had a lot of fun they started kind of weird because it it was like (laughs) what are we supposed to do (laughs) what what are we gonna do and uh and eventually they got the they got the win with that uh jonathan rodriguez hitting the crossbar all the way from almost midfield and that that's where the competition started to get like uh like really really great because you know if you, you you got a chance to see if you had a chance to see that the that final crossbar challenge when all the players hit 25 they activated the guys in the back almost close to midfield and it's just one victory shot they needed to win the whole skills challenge and when they saw the mls that they activated the guys in the back everybody started looking at like come on guys let's do this let's do this and when they eventually won it was like hugs and laughs and it it, it was a brilliant moment it was nice it was fun to see it was fun to see this is a little bit slightly off topic but i think we've talked about ricardo pepe being one of the big winners from that mls weekend and then he announces that he'll play for the national team what's been the reaction from from the mexican press having seen him against the league mx all-star show out really well and then make that decision have they had their say about that i mean i think it hasn't caused uh, so much of as a commotion in in mexico because uh, most of the i think they, they they unfortunately they don't follow major league soccer like i think they should uh and they don't they, they, some of them have heard of Ricardo Pepe. Some of them don't. And now they know. And uh, unfortunately for Mexico, he will play for the U.S. I think he's a talented guy. Uh, just solid background. And the way his composure, he, he doesn't shy away from the big scenario. And the I, I think this guy is the real deal. And you saw the action uh, against Austin in the weekend. And this guy was... This guy was rocking he's a true baller and i think the u.s are lucky to have him because he's gonna be a real star uh, he he's present in future and i think it was a huge win 
for Burhalter. It was a huge win for the MLS and for the United States men's uh, national team. Well, I think two that's more a, goals last night. Yeah, which, well, I, la- I, Sunday I, night. I actually, I like your answer because I think that's a good way to kind of wrap up All Star Weekend with the multi-million dollar question that MLS is asking: Is is Mexico now going to start paying attention more to MLS with with these All Star games? Do you think it's kind of planted that seed? I think so, and the 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 conversation has sparked. And we had a chat with with Max and uh, and Hercules Gomez and Mauricio Pedrosa a couple of months ago about Concacaf Champions League and how it has you know that that rivalry between MLS and, and Liga MX has uh, finally started to blow. And uh, I think these sort of games, these sort of events will have attracted, obviously, more attention to the league, more attention to the players and the managers as well. Now we've got Gonzalo Pineda managing Atlanta United. So I think the, the attention will be there. And uh, and obviously, uh, I think in Mexico, nobody wants to, to be beaten again by the MLS All-Star. So they, they will be following close attention. CONCACAF Champions League still going. So uh, you got Leagues Cup. And obviously, they will be following more of the the league action. Even if you don't follow, there's so many lines that cross. You know, lines that uh, the coaching that you mentioned about Gonzalo Pineda. You could even go beyond it with a guy like Matias Almeida. The the national teams, which collided twice this summer, the All Star Game now, and then the Concacaf Champions League, the Nations Cup. So even if you don't want to acknowledge MLS down there, you kind of have to because yeah. it's it's there. When a lot of it goes both ways, I think. As an American public, we should be following League Agreed. MX a lot more Agreed. as well. We should all be. I, I th- we should be one big league, Rodolfo. I, well, I, 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 I don't think. Well, there, there's been talks about that that so-called mer- merge between both leagues. I think it won't happen like a huge merger, but I think tournaments like the League's Cup will eventually lead to something like that. You got the Concacaf Champions League with obviously uh, teams from. From Canada, from uh, from uh, Costa Rica, from Trinidad, etc. But uh, but between both leagues, I think Leagues Cup in a few years will be that 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 big big deal. And I think this league, Major League Soccer, is the league of the future. Eventually, hmm. I would think that when they have enough teams, because they might go, I don't know, forty. We're going to forty. Oh no. <laughs> well, when they when they get to forty, hopefully. Garber not, did say thirty-two so now. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think there there will be a time to study if uh, they will remove the salary cap. And when they do, because I think they should, uh, they will not be competing with Liga MX. They will be competing with Europe. And that's the, 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 the type of league that will fortify the, the whole soccer world in the United States. And probably 2026 could be the best year to do that. Yeah, it's building it's building towards that. And that's incredible to hear you say that, Rodolfo. But it's uh, this league has Im- increased by leaps and bounds. And I saw this weekend with so many great rivalry games, including the one that we all saw on uh, on Saturday there at Bank of California Stadium. What stood out about this one that may have been a little different from past editions, uh, maybe in a level of intensity, but it, everyone was engaged. Obviously, this incredible goal by Brian Rodriguez. But what stood out about you experiencing this specific LAFC Galaxy game? And just coming back to the point of the league, it's only its 26th year. Liga MX is almost 80 years old. So 
it's a young league. Viejito. Relatively young. No, the, the Liga MX <laughs> is viejito. And MLS is, is practically new. So uh, coming back to the 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 game, I think the, the story might have been no Chicharito, no Bella, which was unfortunate. But still, these teams, they haven't liked each other since day one. And I remember that game that we have the pleasure to call with the Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, big turnout and how it was it, it came like a, a, one of the best games of the season and now when i see lafc facing galaxy i know that they're both going to bring it and it doesn't regardless matter of, regardless of who's playing regardless of who's playing and i think we saw that uh in, in that match it started out kind of like choppy very intense not very not many clear opportunities in front of goal but then they, they the, the goal started coming and brian rodriguez was amazing 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 and he he was shy and goal in the whole season then he scored this thing of beauty with three black 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 and uh with no angle in, in in front of bond and it was just beautiful and they kept going it was like a boxing match like a championship boxing match and that's what i'm excited to see that it doesn't matter if you have the the, the, the huge poster boys and not available to play the whole team is going to be there yeah, matches of consequence. We up. need more matches of consequence, regardless of who is there. But Max and I were talking before we brought you on about Brian Rodriguez's trajectory, and we were saying he was okay against Atlanta, really stepped up his game against Vancouver, and then, to your point, Galaxy, he's, he's like unplayable. He scores that goal. I mean, what's, what's your trajectory now uh, for this guy that we've been talking about him a lot, saying, like, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But when you see that goal, I mean, how does that change a player's whole perspective around the world? The whole thing and obviously getting called up to the Uruguayan national team for Oscar Washington Tavares and having Luis Suarez and uh, Edison Cavani not being able to play because of injury and the whole premiership thing, uh, it, it could be the time for him to, to, step, to step in and that could be the huge shot it's all about opportunities in in life and when it comes to, to the, the big scenarios, the big games, the important ones like the one we saw this weekend against Galaxy, I thought Brian Rodriguez was up to the task. And why not show that in the, I think, most competitive World Cup qualifiers in the world in Comebol? What do you think of uh, how, the, how LAFC should feel after this game? Max and I are cautiously optimistic. Obviously, though, it's a big problem giving up. Felt like wins. a win for the Galaxy based yeah. on their Twitter they're saying, yeah, we we own LA, and LAFC said stalemate in their tweet. But well, yeah, what yeah, was your the, general takeaway, your vibe after that game? The thing is that I think, uh, or I thought, LAFC were taking that uh, those three points, and it was it was going to be brilliant because uh, the the past matches that LAFC that they haven't won, it's those amount of results or fixtures that you don't get the win, and it, it can be frustrating as a manager or a player. To not seeing your team win and having your biggest rival and almost had him uh and then cabral came in and spoiled the party ah it feels like a sweet and sour uh type of flavor and i think uh they should be kind of mad that they couldn't manage that that uh that result at the end of the match but still uh, it, they they need to bounce back because portland won and they're still out of the playoff spot. There, I think there's still time, and I think LAFC will eventually be inside. I think they played very good football, and and uh, but still, that uh, that 
that saborcito, I think it's not it's not there. It doesn't take it very well. The saborcito, it's just not a little sweet sour. Which can be good sometimes when you combine sweet and sour. Yeah, we're talking about some chicken nuggets or chicken nuggets, Ooh. of course. Yep, we're all gonna we're all gonna go get chicken nuggets after this is what yes. we say. Chicken nuggets. Hey Rodolfo, first of all, I love your hat, the cafecito y football, two of my favorite things. Um, what's not to love? What's not, what's to, not love? to love? That's a great hat. Cafecito is one of the great words in any language because it means little coffee, which is all you need. And it's but it's a, it's action packed coffee, like an yes. espresso or something. So we excellent. were talking about it. Uh, I think it's the turbo we all need to get the day started, right? Get the high octane stuff. I would have cafecito, football, and pastelitos because I like a little oh. pastry. So maybe, uh, can you fit that on there? That's a lot to put on a hat, Max. <laughs> and maybe cerveza. Might, might have to, maybe, maybe over here. Maybe over here yeah. cerveza, like a, a big spot. See the big spot reserved yes. for the beer. The problem with doing this with Max is it, 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 then it's going to be another thing and another thing. Max <laughs> yeah. wants it all. Okay. I do. But honestly, this was fantastic, Rolofo. Great answers to these questions. Going to get us thinking about what's what lies ahead in this incredible relationship. And thanks for also giving us some hope for LAFC season. He said we're going to go in. We're going to be in. I, I'm, I'm with him. I mean, Rodolfo, you said it. We played well. There's just these kind of sharp moments in every match where we don't quite reach, you know, we don't quite hit the bell. And uh, they got to figure it out. There's still a little bit of time, but like two or three wins, and you're like in fifth place, which, exactly. is, which is MLS. It's the little details. You, you get those things fixed, and they'll be back in no time. They, they know how to play the game, and they know how to – uh, you know, Bob Bradley style, we know it perfectly, so it'll be there, guys. Yeah, it was we'll a pleasure around. to be with you. Yeah, we'll roll around uh, end of October. Galaxy will be fourth, we'll be fifth, we'll play in a playoff game, everything will be great. We like, to, th- <laughs> we like to thank Rodolfo Landeros, always fantastic for joining us here on Inside LFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Thank you, Rodolfo. Vince LaRosa, we'll see you, we'll see you Friday night. We'll yeah, see you ready for the Sporting Kansas City game. Big couple weeks coming up for LAFC. Make sure you check out the pod. We're here to serve. Rate, review, subscribe, share, share. Be nice. Be kind. Be kind.